Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome in. It's the Sox on Tap post game show. It's Johnny Nani here alongside NWI Steve discussing for a change of scenery. White Sox winner Steve. White Sox win 5 3 tonight. How you doing, my man? Hey, yo, Johnny. It's uh, always better to talk about a win than it is about a loss. It's that a wild hashtag confirmed. It's a wild concept. We discussed right before we jumped on. Uh, it, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, Steven, um, I'm glad that we're talking about a win here. It could be really doom and gloom, um, but White Sox do. Hang on uh, for this one. They win 5-3 to three over Baltimore after dropping the series opener, so that's a good bounce back. They'll look to take the series tomorrow. Uh, we'll get into all the action, everything that went down in tonight's game. But before we do, listeners, make sure you go and subscribe on Tap Sportsnet on YouTube. Jump in that comment section, and we can feature them live during the show. Without further ado, Steve, heading off this show, the gelato was much better tonight. And I got to say, I went in expecting very little. I expected it to taste bad. I expected it to be expired, uh, melted, whatever you call it. And he proved me wrong. And I absolutely love being wrong when it makes White Sox do good things. The gelato was much more flavorful tonight. Nice, rich texture. <laughs> but in, in, in all seriousness, was out there today much better command of the fastball slider combination than what we have seen from him in, I want to say several months, you know, that first six innings that he got through here tonight, there weren't a lot of strikeouts going um, today. I think Baltimore was pretty aggressive in their overall approach against him uh, looking to attack early on in counts. And he was painting on the edges of the core of, of the strike zone for a good portion of this outing here. And even the pitches that he was missing on and Steven Stone had commented on this, he's missing just outside the edge of the strike zone here. So that's the type of command that we haven't seen from Lucas very much this year. And for him to go out there, do it against a quality opponent team that is playing really good baseball of late has a lot of positive momentum and is starting to feel a lot more confident about themselves in the Baltimore Orioles for him to go out there and do that tonight. That's definitely a good thing good sign and um you just wish that we could have seen a lot more of this throughout the course of the 2022 season right and that's kind of where my frustration crept in you just felt oh man is it going to be another chapter in this kind of like you know unfortunate downfall that he's had because it's been like a little bit of a wave there was like a okay you know kind of plateau and then he dropped off in all of june and then uh, he rose and kind of ground grinded through a few starts and then uh it's just been bad 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 as of late but tonight he was able to turn uh that tone around and talking about that sixth and third it walks three strikeouts so not the gaudy numbers that we're accustomed to but if we're going to give them um it's hard to believe that it's going to be of the uh super super kind of you know uh, swing and miss sort of stuff tonight. So I like what you brought up about the location. That was definitely much better. Uh, and I saw at least, and maybe because I was just at the last outing, so I didn't see a whole, whole lot on like the, uh, you know, pitch view 
um, from center field, but it looked like that slider was definitely a little bit tighter tonight. Comment on that at all? Yeah, I, I would say he definitely did have more bite um, and did have a lot more depth with the slider tonight than what we have seen in recent outings. And that's really been, I think, the focal point of his struggles all season. If you go and if you look at the numbers and look at the data, the slider has been getting hammered more than any other pitch in his arsenal this season. And that's really been the downfall this year. I think I want to say that um, opposing hitters are hitting like 370 or something against the slider this year. And so that just kind of shows that the depth hasn't been there with it for, you know, the overwhelming majority of this season. So to see it kind of come back here to true form tonight, definitely a positive and hopefully something that he can build on here um, in, you know, his next start. Right. And it's really big because it limits him because he's already, you know, kind of limited in the arsenal right there. So if you take out slider, then you're almost looking at a two pitch pitcher there. So it's very important. I always look at it every time. And that can usually be an indicator of success or failure uh, when it comes to Lucas Little. But we got our guy, Tony, in the comments here. Victory beers taste better. Cheers. I will drink to that. They absolutely do. Let's talk about how the White Sox were able to scrap this one together, Steve. It was singles night once again. It, it, it always is with these White Sox, man. Uh, I don't think they had an extra base hit tonight uh, out of the uh, 12 that they clubbed. They Not did not. Yeah. They, they did not. You know, somewhere in Baltimore, a, a local, you know, college girl, she's going to make less money tonight because all the singles were at Camden Yards this evening. So, um, you know, if you're if you're out there in Baltimore, you know, Give to charity. That's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Steve, uh, we, we've t- it's something that we've obviously made a running joke out of for a while now, but it's just so reflective of what the White And Sox even Charles Garfine is stealing my bit now. Yeah, no, yeah. They just, it seems like the, the blue check beats just caught on to that. Like, what, like, it was it uh, Saturday in Cleveland or uh, Monday in Kansas City, I think. Uh, but uh, either way, uh, White Sox, that's how they do it uh, on offense. And they were uh, getting things going. Uh, was in the top of the first eight. It was nice to see, even though it was not in the big bat boomer variety that we would like to see. Uh, Gavin Sheets, hometown kid, bringing home a pair uh, in the top of the first eight. That's a guy that you might have said a couple of words about over at ontapsportsnet.com. You know, that's a true story. So for our loyal listeners here, if you want to go to ontapsportsnet.com and see my latest column here where I talk about some of the changes that might be coming to the White Sox lineup in the wake of Yasmani Grandal's injury that admittedly at the time of publication or at the time of writing, I thought there was a good chance we were going to see we weren't going to see Yaz for the remainder of the year. Now, obviously, that time frame has been shortened up, but the premise of it really stands because Yaz has not been an offensive force this season. And also another guy that I kind of take to task in there is AJ Pollock, um, who just simply, even despite the little Babbitt fueled hot stretch that he had since he took over the leadoff spot from Tim Anderson, he's not hitting right-handed pitching, and. At the end of the day here, this team is not scoring enough runs. Gavin Sheets is producing more against right-handed pitching than A.J. Pollock is. So if you have a healthy Aloy Jimenez in the lineup, if you have Luis Robert out there, I think you need to see more of Gavin Sheets for the time being here, thus allowing Andrew Vaughn to wait for it, play first base (laughs) or D.H., but take his outfield glove away from him. And we saw what can happen with that tonight. 
right now that Andrew Vaughn uh, that you comment on there, he made, made a couple of nice looking plays over at first base, almost like he was born to play there or something. Um, but yeah, uh, that's as we're talking about this. And like you said, with those other guys, numbers backing up, I, I thoroughly recommend it on tipsportsnet.com place to go for that breakdown of White Sox line of construction. So Orioles get one back in the fourth of the Mount Castle RBI ground out um, White Sox uh, able to kind of weather the storm through uh, the six and then the, go and add on a couple more uh excuse me one more in the top of the seventh there uh that was also a sheets rbi infield single hey it was not pretty it was a mate no as i put out there uh from socks on tab steve uh hey if other teams are gonna make mistakes mateo very clearly should have gone to third base with the force there he locks to do the jump throw over to first we'll take it because we've been on the up the side of that way too often yeah, it's been very rare this season when we have seen the opposition be the ones that have been out there committing the dumb fuckery in the field uh, when the White Sox are playing games. So to actually see that happen tonight, like you said, we'll take it. Sox were able to chalk up another run as a result of that. And when that happens, you're just thinking to yourself, okay, hey, caught a break right there. Let's make them pay for it. Uh, let's continue to add on a little bit. Wouldn't happen until the eighth inning there. but you know what? You'll take that given all the struggles that this team has had, particularly after last night going two for 13 with runners in scoring position. If you want to give this team a run, they'll gladly take it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, Good teams take advantage of other teams. I don't know if we can call the White Sox a good team, especially with where they're at, you know, just hovering above 500 here and whatnot. However, uh, if you're going to be opportunistic, take some of these games and make a jump. If you really want to make a push, truly do. Um, as our guy Buzz kind of pointed out in a different piece, um, do you really want to or do you not? Well, I do. I want to see this team make a push. And if you're going to, uh, that's the kind of stuff that you need to have fall in your favor. All right, let's talk about another one. Defensive play of the game by far. Uh, bottom of the seventh. Gets a little bit murky with Lucas Giolito. He exits with two on. On, um, and then Kendall Graveman comes in, walks the first batter that he sees. Um, and then a rocket shot down to you on my cut at Steve. Just an outstanding play there to one, stab it, two, get the force out there, and then three, make an accurate throw over to first base. Um, it, it was highlight real shit. And I think, you know, this could end up on like Sports Center top 10. Oh, without, without question. I mean, that's the type of play that we have seen from Mankata a lot defensively this year. Um, it would really obviously be nice if he would be more well-rounded as a complete player, but the glove has been there all season. And it's kind of funny to see that happen because I got into a very heated text exchange with my brother-in-law last night as he was calling me a Mancata apologist, um, which J Jonathan, am I level-headed in my critiques of Yohan Mancata? Because I would think that there are a lot of things that you can call me, but a Yohan Mancata apologist, I, I wouldn't think, think would be one of those things because I've actually put my name next to things in writing talking about Yohan Mankata's passivity right. in the batter's box, his need to drive the baseball more and his need to be more of an offensive force to me. Anyway, that doesn't come across as being an apologist, but maybe right. I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I, I I can confirm, Steve. I bet you and me have had these conversations face-to-face -face via text at the ballpark, whatever it may be, um, about this. And obviously, we've had fair critiques, but then we've also highlighted some of the good. And this was a great example of the good that he does, especially with the glove. And, man, 
this is huge because in the situation we're talking about game situation here, Lucas Gillo did record one out before he exited, but then obviously Kendall Graven coming on, walking the first battery face. If that ball gets down the line, that is opening up the game. And this is the tide turning the other way against the White Sox after having the early lead. Um, and obviously it was already only at one at this point. And this is, it's the game changer. It's as our guy Tony in here. It says a cool and tough play of the day. I a hundred percent agree with that um, because the White Sox were able to turn it around on the Orioles in the next half inning there. Something that once again has happened way too often to our White Sox, uh, but White Sox able to string together a bunch of singles in that top of the eighth. I know they did leave the bases loaded, but not before Elvis Andrews was able to score on a wild pitch. And uh, AJ Pollock uh, was able to bring home a run uh, to make it five to one. And those are important runs, Steve, uh, based on what would happen later in this game. I talk about this consistently throughout the course of the season, the need to add on runs when you have an opportunity. A two-run lead against a team like the Baltimore Orioles is not going to be enough, particularly when you are playing in Camden Yards. Despite the changes to the dimensions there, that is still a hitter's ballpark. And the Orioles have shown that they are a team that can drive the baseball, and they can do it quickly, as we saw in the first inning yesterday, and how quickly that complexion of that game turned around on one swing of the bat. So when you have a chance to then take your lead from a two-run lead to a four-run lead, you've got to find a way to make it happen. Again, they took advantage of a mistake by the Baltimore Orioles with the hashtag wild pitch offense. It's a break. The Sox haven't had a lot of those this year, but you take it. And then A.J. Pollock was able to follow that up, another single, you know, another local college girl there getting a little less because of another single at Camden Yards. But listen, this is the business model that the White Sox have in 2022. Right, yeah, it's just how they're doing it. And I will say, uh, when you're setting that up, sure, it was a little bit of a break there when the Orioles go to a new pitcher and then a wild pitch allows Andrews to cross the plate. Uh, they did put the pressure on, though, and they did add uh, you know, runners with nobody out, and they were able to get into scoring position before uh, it got to be too late. And too many of those situations that we've seen uh, with White Sox striking out with bases loaded or runners on second and third or what have you um, because they got to that position with only one or two outs there. Um, they did set themselves up for it. So that was good. And that was needed because Liam Hendricks comes in. Uh, obviously, Graveman took uh, the eighth inning there, but in the ninth, Liam Hendricks, not a safe situation. However, he does give up a, a two-run shot to Austin Hayes there. And like you mentioned, even though they moved that thing back, you can still get one out there. You saw that. I know Hendricks throws smoke, but guess what? Comes in fast, it's going to leave the bat pretty hot as well. Um, so, he, he, alas, Liam was able to record the final couple of outs after that uh, and lock down this White Sox 5-3 to three win. So, um, Steve, I guess what I have left here is a potential you know, in- injury be on the lookout. And I know there wasn't an official diagnosis or exit of the game. However, Luis Robert... Um, Looked awkward at the plate, to say the least. And following through with one hand, people might be wondering, why is he doing that? What's the case there? Uh, Fill me in. I I was listening for the first inning of this when the tweak may have happened, uh, but I did see the awkward swing. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. His his first inning at bat there, there was a swing that he took that you just kind of see the the wrist kind of jerk a little bit in there. And he's kind of shaking it out a little bit. 
you don't necessarily think anything of it um, between the conclusion of that at bat and some of the subsequent at bats, but his final at bat that he had, um, and I believe it was the eighth or the ninth inning. I can't, re- can't recall what inning exactly it was there, but he took a very awkward one handed swing. Uh, you can find it on uh, twatter.com. Um, gentleman by the name of Trevor lines um, is, is a guy who actually posted the video of it. And you just see the awkwardness of this swing, which is, basically one hand it's it's almost like the type of drill that hitting coaches will do when you're in high school or college just kind of working on on the top hand a little bit and it was just kind of like that and it was just it looked very strange so it is something that definitely going to have to keep an eye on here tonight um obviously if there's some kind of residual soreness built up into there so you almost at this point, unfortunately, are anticipating not seeing Luis Robert in the lineup again tomorrow. You know, right. had the incident with Aloy Jimenez yesterday, getting yeah. hit by a 102 mile an hour fastball on the elbow. So he's not in tonight. And now they talk that he's going to be back in the lineup tomorrow. So now what happens? Robert has to reaggravate the wrist. Right. So we talk about reaggravating. Just want to backtrack a little bit. And, you know, it, it kind of did become a, a meme of sorts in that, oh, the white, you know, Luis Robert, is he ever going to play again? Because uh, he had exited during that, what, Detroit series after sliding in in the first game of that. And it was kind of jamming the hand into the bag, right? Um, and, and then it was the subsequent wrist problems. And then uh, everyone was thinking, okay, you might be good. And they were kept saying day to day. And, okay, well, it was how would it respond to the swing? And now, um, he did get back in the mix for a little bit here. This is like last stretch. And then now you go and see that and it just becomes more concerning because are we going to be back to that square of, oh, how does it respond to a swing? And obviously our latest example wasn't too shining uh, on that front. So I just wanted to highlight that. That's something you may need to look out for. Um, hopefully the White Sox are able to get uh, Eloy Jimenez, as you'd mentioned, after getting hit by that pitch in the elbow uh, back in the lineup. However, once again, his status day to day, who knows what that means anymore when it comes to the White Sox. But uh, that's where we're at. So just keep an eye. Uh, if you don't see Luis Robert in there tomorrow, that will likely have something to do with it. All right, Steve, it's on to the last game of the series. Uh, finale will be Thursday evening, 6.05 p.m. Central Time start from Camden Yards. Lance Lynn, the big bastard, going against Jordan Lyles for Baltimore. How are we feeling about this matchup? You know, Lance threw the ball very well in his last outing. So hoping to see a continuation of that. Really, he was elevating the fastball at the upper quadrant of the strike zone against the Cleveland Guardians. And it was actually getting a lot of swings and misses and strikeouts against a team that does not typically do that. So it will be fascinating to see if that is the approach and the game plan that he takes tomorrow with this Baltimore Orioles lineup that does strike out and have a lot more swing and miss in their game than the Cleveland Guardians do, who Lance saw in that in that previous outing there. So uh, that's definitely something I'm going to be keeping an eye on. So just go out there. Pound the strike zone early and often, as I always say, work ahead, stay ahead, and good things are going to happen. This is obviously a potent Orioles lineup. You have to not make mistakes across the plate, stay on the edges, and give yourself an opportunity to win a baseball game. Right. Good. Good. What I saw last time, especially when we're talking about um, the, you know, kind of swings and misses that he was able to generate. And that's something that has not been the case so much for Lance um, uh, when, you know, just the struggles that he's had in coming back from that. It was nice to finally see some of that ride uh, up in the zone. So I'll be looking for that. Um, and hopefully, like you said, play to that swing and miss a little bit uh, and maybe retire a few more. Uh, 
save your defense uh, a little bit and make it a little less scary uh, whenever I see one batted out there. I don't know. Uh, against the White Sox this year, it seems like something's going to go wrong. So flipping it over to the offensive side, gosh, how nice would it be to hit one of those home runs? I know Aloy had one in the first inning of last night, but... Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't get ahead of yourself here. Listen, they got one yesterday, I, I, so they're not due for another one until until like Friday or Saturday here. We can't be jumping the gun like that, Jonathan. Yeah, I know. It, it, they, they've allotted, they're, they've used up their allowance for the week, I guess. Is that, is that where we're at now? I mean, I mean, listen, if somebody decides to, you know, get a little brazen and hit the ball over that fencing, there's a good chance that, um, you know, Frankie Manichino might uh, put him into timeout. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we, we can't, listen, well, we've got a singles factory. It's right. up and running. It's humming. Production is at an all time level right now. <laughs> Okay, we can't jeopardize that. Yeah, just playing into inflation, just printing, just printing, <laughs> printing them off. <laughs> um, I'll go pick the click here uh, while we're on the offense, and I will take since they moved that thing, you know, to you know end zone of the Raven Stadium um, out there in left field. I'm not going to go with a right-handed hitter. I'm going with a left-handed hitter to pull one to the right field side, and that will be Gavin Sheets, hometown kid. Hey, local product. Um, yeah, local local product there. I know we, we love that. And then we uh, love local said, products here. We, we also got down. some intel from his uh, you know his loving father. Tony says uh, Gavin's been working hard in the backyard, so I like to see that. Uh, obviously, feeling good, even though it wasn't the sexiest of hits tonight. I know the single back up the middle of the first is good. Then he got a little lucky, but uh, I'll ride the hot streak, ride the hot hand. Uh, Gavin sheets pick the click how about you that's that's a good play i was almost kind of thinking the same thing there as far as from a handedness standpoint so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna really go out on a limb here and i'm gonna take yohan mancata tomorrow i think maybe just maybe he hits one down the line and hits a double i'm not gonna get greedy thinking thinking for a home run here but i'm thinking maybe a double yeah, I, I, I know. I, I, got, I got a little greedy in my pick, but God damn it, I just want to see it. I just want to see it so bad. So you want you want to see you want to see the celebration for the local product, right? Exactly, because you know his dad's going to be there. They'll show him a million times on the screen. Which you know, honestly, though, we're joking about that. But I think it's great. It's awesome that he's you know his family is able there. Go and see that. And obviously, uh, Larry Sheets being a former big leaguer himself, that was cool last year when he did it. Let's run it back. Do it again uh, this year. Gavin would love to see a home run at Camden. I Yards. like it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that'll about do it here for Socks on Tap. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in uh, in the future. Like we had a few of you in here tonight. Go and join the comment section via YouTube on Tap Sportsnet or like us on Facebook on Tap Sportsnet there as well. Uh, and we can feature your comments uh, via this broadcast. Go and check out ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. And on Tap Sportsnet and at Socks on Tap are where to find us on social media. Steve, let's go take a damn series tomorrow. And until next time, White Sox forever. White Sox for life.